Joining us now on the horn covering the Detroit Lions for our friends over at Pride of Detroit, our good friend Jeremy Reisman. Find him on Twitter at Detroit Online. And of course, always be sure to read Pride of Detroit every morning for the uh, for the latest and greatest in Detroit Lions news. Jeremy, my man, good morning to you. How are you? How's life? How are things, partner? Doing great, Anthony. How are you doing, buddy? Uh, I'm I'm doing well. You know, I fixed the transfer portal early this morning. You know, or just a, just a typical Wednesday here uh, on the show, man. So it's great to have you with us. And and of course, yesterday Tracy Walker puts out that social media post, and we all knew that the writing was on the wall at that point. Let Let's dive right into the biggest news of the day yesterday for the Lions. They decide to part ways with Tracy Walker. In your estimation, what what was the leading factor in this? Uh, unfortunately, it was his contract, really. Um, you know, he's due to hit the, the books for 12, over $12 million in terms of cap hit. Um, just kind of the way some of these contracts are, are loaded, you know, they're, they're very backloaded. So his salary was, was upwards of, of $8 million. And so, um, unfortunately for him, he had just he'd slid down the, the depth chart. And some of it was bad luck. Some of it was play. I mean... I, I just think back to 2022, you know, two years ago, the lines and this new regime see a ton of potential in the guy. They see him as a leader. They sign him to that three-year deal thinking, you know, this guy is going to be a, a leader and a foundation of the defense. And then, you know, months later he tears his Achilles and that sets him on a, an entirely different path. And it's, it's a bummer for him because I think he is still very much a talented player, but you know, he was a guy who was inactive for all three playoff games. So um, you're not going to pay $12 million a year to that. And, um, you know, we've seen the Lions maybe approach guys like him with, with a pay cut, potentially. But I, I think Tracy Walker is a guy who, who views his football future as, as still very much out there somewhere. And, you know, you look at the Lions depth chart here, and, you know, even regardless of what they do with a guy like C.J. Gardner-Johnson, um, he's still on the outside looking in in terms of the starting role here in Detroit. And so I don't know if they approach Tracy with, with anything like that, but even if they were, I wouldn't have expected um, him to stick around just because the opportunity is probably elsewhere for him. You know, Jeremy, I've said this a lot about the David Montgomery signing in the allowing to walk of Jamal Williams. And for me, it's always been like this team – they show great respect for the players. Uh, it starts with the coaching staff and works itself all the way up, right? But they don't get emotionally attached to a guy where in years past, it's like, oh, we got to keep him because he's a fan favorite. Like, they're not afraid to move on uh, from different guys. And although it's a difficult situation, it is the reality of the business and the reality of business across the board, no matter if you're playing you know, professional football or you know, if you work at your local grocery store, if somebody comes in and they're a better, you know, they're a better option, they're probably going to get that job, going to get that promotion, et cetera, et cetera. It gives me a lot of faith in this front office that they are willing to make these types of decisions. Does that it does it do the same for you? Do you view it like that? Yeah, a little bit. Like I, I you know, I don't necessarily view the Tracy Walker move as a move that you know no other team would make. Or I, I think most teams would look at that and just be like, it's it, it's too much. And um, you know, I, I do like that the the staff though kind of walks that line of like they do care about these players a lot. And, and Dan Campbell even said, I think right before the end of the season. Um, you know, where this team is at, we're going to have to make some difficult decisions and it's going to hurt. And it's going to, um, you know, uh, these guys that, that have been, you know, the old guard, as he refers to them, some of them you're going to have to move on from very much Tracy Walker's in that vein. And, and he even acknowledges like, I'm going to have to work hard at keeping these guys at a little bit of an emotional distance. And we know that's hard for a guy like Dan Campbell, right? We've, we've seen him, you know, agonize over, over cuts, on hard knocks, you know, there was that interview, I think before Monday night game 
where he was talking about how much some of the guys that are already they've moved on from um, how important they've been to, to where the lines are now. And so I like, I like a, a front office who will have an emotion, emotional attachment to these players and, and, you know, understand the, the struggle that they're going through, but at the same time, aren't afraid to, yeah, like you said, make some of these decisions that are going to be tough, that, that are going to be saying goodbye to the hardworking guys of this team, because you have to treat this as a business if you're going to succeed at times. And players know that too. And I think there, there might be some guys here and there that, that get frustrated or, you know, look at back at management and think they, they mishandled certain situations. But I think for the most part, you have very understanding players. Uh, I think we don't give them enough credit for un- their understanding of this is a business. I'm sure this didn't blindside Tracy Walker. He probably wasn't happy with how he was treated in his last year in terms of being a backup, in terms of being benched for guys like Asatu Melifamu, but he certainly understands it. And so I think you saw it in his Instagram message, right? Like he was very respectful to the Lions. He had that, um, you know, thanked a lot of people inside and outside the organization. So, yeah, I think the Lions are walking that line of being respectful but not letting it impact their decisions. You know, Jeremy, when you look at that secondary spot, right, regardless of what happens here with C.J. Gardner-Johnson, because it it was Tracy Walker's injury that opened the door uh, for Kirby Joseph to get a lot of playing time. And then it's like, holy mackerel, this Kirby Joseph guy, he he is the real deal. And then you have C.J. Gardner-Johnson's injury, and Ifatu Melanfanwu kind of comes along, and we kind of see what, you know, Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell had saw in him when they decided to select him out of uh, Illinois. And so for me, it's... You look at C.J. Gardner-Johnson, you look at kind of what they have as the youth movement back there in in the secondary. Do you think that C.J. is a guy that they're going to try to bring back? I mean, they might approach him about it, but I'm just having a hard time kind of viewing, uh, you know, him being the kind of guy that wants to come back. Not not that he didn't enjoy his time here, not that he doesn't have a good relationship with Aaron Glenn, but we we heard his kind of level of frustration when he worked his butt off to to get back from that that big injury that will end would end most people's season. He comes all the way back and then he comes to a rotational role and he wasn't afraid to say to the media, like he wasn't okay with that. Um, He he thought it was a little bit of disrespect that he worked all his way back to just play, you know, 40% of the snaps and looking forward, that's kind of the role that you'd expect of him going forward. I know he's a very talented player and um, a a hard worker and, and, and brings a little bit of edge that I think the, the defense needs, but I think if Fatu Melifano and Kirby Joseph are kind of the foundations of what they want to be at safety right now. So I, I, you know, given the pride that that he has CJ Gardner Johnson, I I think he's going to be looking for a bigger opportunity elsewhere, just kind of like um, Tracy Walker is. So I I would say the Lions would certainly love to have him back, but I don't know how much they're going to be willing to pay for a guy for a rotational role. And I don't think that, um, you know, CJ Gardner Johnson is going to look at this opportunity and be like, this is where I can play and, and maybe, because, you know, he's he's not going to get a big deal this offseason, right? He, he kind of bet on himself last year with that one-year deal, and, and unfortunately the injury knocked him out. So um, if he wants to kind of parlay 2024 into maybe a bigger contract in 2025, he's going to want to go somewhere where he has the opportunity, and I just don't think that's Detroit. And it's interesting to me that both Ifatu Melanfanu out of Syracuse and Kirby Joseph out of, out of Illinois, both the round of three selections. So just something yeah. to keep your keep your eye on. You know, a couple of guys who, you know, you think about the later rounds and we, we all kind of, you know, clamor and foam at the mouth over the first rounder. And, and it's a much different draft coming up with the 29th pick, right? Not picking in the top 10 right. or, or in that neighborhood is going to be kind of weird uh, for our fan base. But hopefully it's something we can get used to. So when you look at this secondary group, at what point on the priority list for your offseason 
Washington, uh, Jeremy, are where do you have kind of secondary, whether it's a, a number one corner, whether it's depth at that position? Uh, do you want to add another safety? Like, where, 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 what's the priority list for you as far as offseason necessities for this club? Yeah, for me, outside corner is number one need, and it's it's not even particularly close. I think it's the one spot where they cannot go into 2024 without an addition. No, I know people want another edge opposite Aiden, and I know that people want maybe interior defensive line help, but they have bodies there at least that can play. Like Josh Pascal might be your starter next year. He's, he's a guy that's still developing. Um, you have Aline McNeil. You could bring back a guy like Benito Jones um, to help you know stop the run, which they were really good at last year. But at corner, there's just there's no current answers there, and um, to me, that's that's the position you got to hit hard immediately. Um, you can't. I, I don't think this team should go into the draft without adding at least a starting level talent because you never know if the guy that you want in the draft is going to fall to you. So like, there can't be. There needs to be a plan A, B, and C at outside corner, and and I wouldn't be surprised to see the Lions add two or three guys at that position just because. You know, what they did last year, unfortunately, didn't work out. They, they tried. They, they certainly hit it hard. And they got a guy in Brian Branch that, you know, can play the nickel pretty well. But outside corner is just, it's, it needs a lot of help. And they need to make sure they don't go into the draft absolutely having to have someone. Because that's the way you, you waste draft resources. If you're like, if we didn't finish, you know, uh, getting a, a, a starting level guy in free agency, well, then suddenly we're going to have to be over aggressive to make sure we get our guy. And that, that's just not what Brad Holmes has done in the past. That's not good general managing in general. So um, I think that's, that's the key. And then, yeah, I think you look at that safety room right now and, and now you, you have two starters, you're going to need some backup. You're going to need some depth there. And whether that's getting a guy in the draft or getting some, you know, guys who have maybe veteran experience, it's a pretty young room there, um, but maybe isn't playing at a starting level position. I think that's kind of a sneaky need as well, because, yeah, we've we've seen what in the past three or four years, a starting safety has been knocked out for um, a pretty significant amount of time. Um, they're a hard hitting group, right? There's a lot of violent collisions in the secondary, so you want to make sure you have depth there. And the Lions sometimes like to play three safeties at the same time, so um, that's a pretty high on the priority list as well. But maybe a little bit further behind, like guard and and maybe an edge guy. But um, safety is definitely, I would say, probably still top five or six need for the team. You know, uh, Jeremy, it's interesting there. So uh, paraphrasing or trying to, you know, because I I think that's, I I think you made a really good point if I'm understanding it correctly. You have to address that position in free agency so that you don't hamstring yourself for the upcoming draft so that you absolutely have to draft a position of need where you can go get what you assume would be the best player available. Am I correct there? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's kind of always been my my viewpoint of free agency is you want to cover as many needs as possible in free agency so that you have freedom to kind of do whatever you want in the draft and get the guys you want. I mean, we all know Brad Holmes doesn't pay that much attention to positional need. We we know he doesn't necessarily pay that much uh, attention to positional value, right? It's just getting guys that that fit what they want. They're, you know, the culture setters there. So if he can go into the draft and, and, and sit there at 29 and just be like, I don't care what position it is. We just want one of those guys that's a Dan Campbell guy that's a gritty guy. We'll take him. And that's what he's done for, through the first three years. It hasn't necessarily been a, a very needs-based draft. You, you saw that with, with running back and linebacker in the first round last year, right? They had DeAndre Swift. They had, um, you know, Alex Anzalone and, and had that breakout year from uh, Malcolm Rodriguez. So they didn't need a linebacker. They didn't need a running back, but they found guys that they liked because they had filled most of their other needs in free agency. So that's what I expect them to do again this year. 
Is there a guy in free agency in the secondary that might become available uh, that you kind of have your eyes on or maybe a couple of players that you have circled? Yeah, I mean, it, it all depends on how, uh, how aggressive Brad Holmes is going to be, and, and that's still kind of a, a question of, you know, now that the team is in a better place, does he crank up the uh, aggressiveness? To, we saw him go pretty aggressive. You know, I would say maybe like a 7 or, or 6 out of 10 last year in, in getting Cameron Sutton. Does he go for now like the top-tier guys like Jalen Johnson? I, I think Jalen Johnson is, is an outstanding player, and I think he's kind of my white whale this offseason. But I just I don't know if Brad Holmes uh, is going to go that far. It, it doesn't seem like it's his MO, but again, we're kind of entering a different phase of general managing for him. So, you know, it could be him. It could be, you know, a lot of people like the idea of, of bringing Stefan Gilmore to, to, to kind of, um, you know, provide a veteran presence, play with his brother there with, with Stephen Gilmore. Um, I, I'm not opposed to that, although, you know, adding a 33 or, or however old he is, cornerback uh, isn't exactly um, bringing a ton of youth. And I think that's certainly the point in which a lot of players, um, particularly at corner where speed and, and agility is important. That's that's kind of where the downswing of the career happens. But I, I think there's a, a ton of different answers there. I think it's a rel- relatively good cornerback free agency market. And so I, I certainly expect them to be active there. Am I crazy now uh, to think that, you know, there might be a guy out there at wide receiver in free agency. He might have a hefty price tag, but it might be worth it. Am I crazy to look at Mike Evans? And I don't do this, Jeremy. I do not do this. I don't look at hey, well, you know, wide receivers to me are like icing on the cake. If you go out there, we've seen it happen with the lions in years past. You had what Calvin Johnson and Roy Williams, like just because you got a bunch of big receivers does not necessarily mean you're going to win any football games. And there's a hefty price tag to pay for a guy like a Mike Evans, is this worth even looking at? Is it worth even thinking about? I think there's a need there. Um, I, it, it seems like it would be a little bit against what they they generally would do to, to go after. You know, I'm, I'm not sure how old he is, but he's, I think he's in his 30s now, right? Yeah, I think he's um, 30. Yeah, so, I mean, maybe. I, I, I'm, I'm definitely of the viewpoint which I can't rule anything out with Brad Holmes because he's been a little bit unpredictable every year. Um, but I, I guess that probably isn't the route I would go. I mean, college wide receivers have gotten to be so good now that, you know, they're a little bit more of a pro style offense. Um, now, now that the NFL has kind of more adopted a, a spread college type of offense, a lot of these guys can come in and, and, and make a big difference immediately. And so I kind of think that would be the more savvy route. I think you can get starting level talent in day one or day two of, of this particular draft as well. So, I mean, it's possible if, 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 Brad Holmes kind of want to make, kind of wants to make like a, a one year run here. I, I, I imagine you're probably not signing Mike Evans to that long of a of a deal. Um, but given that it's not a, a huge need, given that they're already spreading the ball out to you know three or four or five guys that are getting four or five targets a game, I, I think that's a little bit of a luxury pick that that wouldn't you know follow the kind of blueprint of, of Brad Holmes always saying like this isn't. A, a one-year Cinderella story. We're looking to make this a franchise that is always being competitive. That feels like a little bit of a short-term move that might be a little bit too pricey for him. You know, Jeremy Reisman just talking the common sense into me. Uh, that's that's <laughs> that's why you're here because I look at him like, oh, shiny toy, and I don't do that. It's I am. Con- 
<laughs> it is, and I'm conservative as conservative gets. But I look at Mike Williams, I'm like, dude's never had or Mike Evans. I'm like, dude's never had less than a thousand yards in a season. Is it worth just throwing him out there a little bit? Because I I tend to feel like you know a guy like Jamison, uh, for example. I feel like Jamo is going to be a little bit less expensive when we get to the contract talks because of the injury uh, and the lack of production there. I think that we might be able to get him on a on a little bit cheaper. But that's just my own personal thought. Last one here for you. I'm on Ross St. Brown. The rumors are circulating three years. $25 million per year. Do you think there's any any steam to that? Uh, I mean, I think, you know, I, I had thrown out my own personal estimate um, before that, and I was I was more at like 23.5 or something like that. But 25 is, is certainly reasonable and, and possible. I don't have any inside sources that's aware that, that currently stands. But, yeah, I think that's – I think there's four guys who are making $25 million um, or more right now. And three years is kind of interesting because I expected something more, but at the same time uh, that would allow him to kind of cash in on that second big contract while he's still in his twenties. So maybe that's kind of the thinking of, of having kind of a shorter term extension than, than I would expect. But uh, listen, this team loves everything that I'm on about. He's been such an essential part to everything they do in terms of demeanor, in terms of culture. And obviously he's like the team's favorite third down conversion uh, machine. So I, I think 25 is, it sounds like a lot. And I know a lot of people look at a guy like him because he isn't that prototypical big time receiver that are making 70 yard touchdown catches very often, but um, he's just as essential to what the lions do. And I think that's important to point out is like, he's what the lions want. He's, he's the chain mover. He's, he just a, a perfect fit in, in Jared Goff. Um, and so I think he's worth $25 million a year to the Lions. So, yeah, I think that number is, is, is very much what we could end up seeing for him. I think Jeremy Reisman's worth $25 million a year. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that's what I think of you, Mr. Reisman. Hey, you can find him on Twitter at Detroit Online. We'll discuss his contract details there. Uh, Jeremy, my <laughs> friend, as always, partner, appreciate the time this morning. Of course, buddy. Appreciate it.